0: 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 13. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all of the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting, and with the sound of the trumpet, And as the ark of the Lord came into the city, Michael, Saul's daughter, everybody say Michael. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Skipping down to verse 20. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today! who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids and of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovered himself. And David said unto Michael, "It it was before the Lord. I did that before the Lord. I did that for the Lord is what he's saying, which chose me before your father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. Just simply, will Michael welcome you home? Will Michael welcome you home? Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. I received this question as an inspiration to preach to you this morning from district conference a week or so ago. Our district superintendent, Brother Kevin Cox, preached an amazing message on the anointing, uh, especially for those who were being those ministers who were being ordained into the ministry that night. He preached a message on the anointing. And he went off on a part and a part of that message on the idea that David was probably the most prolific in the Bible when it comes to the anointing. He manifested such a great degree of it. He was only one of three men in the Bible who was anointed to be king, prophet, and priest at the same time, only one of three a very anointed man. And he talked about Michael, David's wife. The Bible calls her Saul's daughter. I'll talk about that in a minute. But it mentions her as he was coming into Jerusalem, coming back home from battle with the Philistines, how she despised him because of his worship. And Brother Cox made the statement, or asked the question rather, when you come in worshiping, Will Michael welcome you? Will Michael welcome you home because of your demonstrative way of worship? The answer to that question is no, she will not. So my text to you today, the title of my message, comes from that inspiration. I want to go ahead and state how I feel. I really don't care if Michael welcomes me home or not. I've decided I want to worship God the way I'm going to worship God, whether anybody likes it or not. Y'all on board with me now? Y'all on the same page? Praise the Lord. So let's begin this morning. David, having established himself as king of Israel, and at Jerusalem desired that Jerusalem should become the sacred city of all of Israel, and as such would become the place where all twelve tribes could come together periodically through the year for celebrations and festivals and in an effort to restore unity between the twelve tribes. David also knew that God had of old promised to choose a city where he said he would put his name there and it becomes apparent that this was that intended city, the city of Jerusalem. And so for the accomplishment of this objective, it was necessary that the Ark of Covenant, which had been captured and held for ransom, if you will, had been taken captive by the Philistines early on in Saul's reign some 40 years prior. The objective here was necessary for David to remove the Ark immediately out of the Philistines' possession and uh, take it from Kirjath Jerim, where it was, where it had been for the past 40-some years. And David was careful to make sure that everything was done right. He didn't want any mistakes this time. This time the Ark of Covenant, the symbol of the presence of God, would be brought back to Israel and restored to its proper place. So David assembled 30,000 men chosen out of all Israel, to represent the twelve tribes. They were present together with numerous musicians, and David himself was even there playing his harp. The first time that David had tried to bring the Ark of Covenant back, he did it the way the Philistines took it. He put it on a cart and had it pulled with oxen. This was incredibly displeasing to God. And David learned the hard way that you don't carry the presence of God as your culture dictates. You carry with you the presence of God the way God dictates. And everybody said amen. We have for long, for way too long, have determined the way that we want to have church For really forgetting how God wants us to have church. We want to have church here at Grace Church the way that God wants us to have church. And that's our goal. And that's our objective. And everybody said amen. So the first time David tried to bring the ark back, he did it the way the Philistines did it. He put it on a cart instead of doing it the way God commanded. Born on the shoulders of of the Levite priest is the way God wanted his presence represented on the shoulders of the priest and the ministers. He wanted to be high above everyone else. Jesus said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That's the way God wanted it done. Any other method is displeasing to God. So David got it right the second time. I want to get to this. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I just want to say there's folks here today that's being served up a grand and glorious opportunity. To get it right the second time, I suggest you take advantage of it. You're in a place right now where you can take the presence of God and shove it up into the air and worship Him and exalt Him and praise Him. We're not arrogant here. We're not puffed up here. We're not too religious here. We're here to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Somebody clap your hands and shout "Yeah!" So when the ark was finally carried into the city of Jerusalem, or the city of David, notice the Bible said, Michael, the daughter of Saul, not the wife of David. The Bible said the daughter of Saul, not the wife of David. She looked out the window. Now Michael was looking for David, not the ark of covenant. Her desire was that David make it back safely from war. She wasn't really concerned about the Ark making it back safely or not. To her, King David was of greater importance than God Almighty. What she didn't understand was that if the Ark of Covenant made it back safely, then David, by default, would make it back safely. We don't have a greater priority at Grace Church than the presence of God being here every time we walk through the church door. It don't matter who else is here and who else is not here. If God is here, then everything is going to be all right. So when she saw David, her husband and her king, leaping and dancing Behold, before Jehovah God, she despised him. Stupid man. The ark had come, the Bible said. The ark had come. And Michael looked through the window. And there she saw David. Michael is intentionally designated the daughter of Saul here instead of the wife of David because on this occasion she manifested her father's disposition rather than her husband's. You see, in Saul's head and in Saul's time, the people, the contemporaries that Saul hung out with, if you will, did not trouble themselves about the Ark of the Covenant, that symbolic representation of the presence of God, they didn't bother themselves with it. Public worship was neglected. And the soul for vital religion had died out in the family of King Saul. And David, Michael, only loved the brave hero and the exalted king. She took offense at the humility with which the king in his pious enthusiasm placed on himself an equality with all the rest of the nation before the Lord. Michael saw King David leaping and dancing and she despised him in her heart. She wanted to welcome him but the pride of her aristocratic rank was grievously offended by her husband's public exhibition of himself in a character so undignified and resembling a sheath thought rather the conduct of a buffoon or a moron than the sovereign king of Israel that's why she despised him Michael who had no proper sense of religion who did not understand praise and worship because her daddy never taught her that this is Saul's daughter not David's wife Her daddy never taught her how to worship. It's going to be really hard for me to confine this message to the next 22 minutes. I could go off on a long tangent here, but I'm going to just say this in short. Moms and dads with kids, especially kids at home, you need to worship like you want them to worship. If they followed your pattern today here at church, would what they had done really been called worship? are just going through the motions or are we too uh, aristocratic are we too kind of arrogant and too much ego and we're too rich and wealthy and so on to really worship God the way the Bible wants us to worship God. I don't want to go off on a tangent here even though I'm being lured huge but I just want to say moms and dads and we have a couple of folks here that make it a point to teach their kids how to worship. Not only do they teach them how to worship they model it. They show them you clap your hands you raise your hands it's okay to leap and dance it's okay to worship vocal it's okay to open your mouth and praise the Lord come on mom and dad somebody get behind me right now we're here about Jesus it's all about Jesus it's all about him and we're here to worship him and God help us as moms and dads to teach our kids how to worship hallelujah what I believe that David was doing as he danced before the Lord, was manifesting intimacy with God. He was being intimate with God. The moment wasn't about David. It wasn't about Israel. It wasn't about his, his crown. It wasn't about his throne. It was about that moment of gratitude that said the presence of the Lord is here. Yeah. The presence of the Lord is here. You're not hearing me right now. I'm going to keep moving. I, I, I could preach this for two hours. I'm going to keep moving. He was being intimate with God in praise and worship. It must have been and had to be vocal, loud, boisterous worship, lifting up hands, clapping hands, and even leaping and dancing with the presence of the Lord is here. What on about eight people more? What on about eight more people? Just stand to your feet, and let's give the Lord his due here right now. Let's praise him. Let's praise him. you a new bottle. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! The presence of the Lord is here. Hallelujah! Thank you you may be seated. He was being intimate with God. Brother Wheeler, he was adoring God. He was loving God. He was appreciating God. He was excited, enthusiastic and thankful that God had empowered him to bring back God to Israel it wasn't begging he wasn't pleading he wasn't whining as we do so oftentimes when we come on the other hand Michael the daughter of Saul represents and manifests those who are not being fruitful who are not being productive who are not preparing for the future who are not giving God another seed another generation to worship to praise and adore him Michael, thank you. Michael failed to understand. Michael failed to understand that worship is the priority. Praise is priority. And if the kingdom of Israel is going to survive, she has to give the praiser his seed back. You have to give the worshiper the seed back or the kingdom will die. Look, I'm just going to go ahead and cut to the chase. I've been born and raised in Pentecost. I've been born and raised in Baton Rouge. And I've seen more than one family that's decided to treat church as some kind of a religious function that you do once in a while. And as long as you pay your tithes, pretty much you're okay. And I've seen too many families walk in the church door and sit with their arms folded and not get behind anointed preaching. And you're too, you know, You're too aristocratic. You have to know my family, Pastor. You have to know who I came from. And we just don't worship like you folks do. Where is that family now? Where are their children now? I preach with all of my heart this morning. We have not a greater priority on this side of the baptism of the Holy Ghost than to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is just simply an obeying obeying the words of Jesus when he said, if you'll seek first the kingdom, if you'll worship the kingdom first, if you don't worship the kingdom first, everything else is idolatry. I'm here to worship. I'm here to give God back what he deserves out of me. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Hallelujah. So why the dance? Why the dance? First and foremost, David knew that this is where the ark should be and needed to be. In Jerusalem, God's city, Israel's city, David's city. He had no ulterior motives. He was not trying to make a name for himself. He wanted the ark, the symbol of God's presence, to be in his rightful place. Secondly, Because his first attempt failed! Because of it being transported man's way and not God's way. And because of that, the life of a good man was lost. All of us here today have had terrible disappointments in our past. Times when we failed in what was a sincere attempt to do the will, purpose, and plan of God. I'm not here to heap guilt. I'm, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't like to do that. don't work anyway. But there's moms and dads here today that feel guilty because your kids aren't serving God. And maybe it, it came in a time in your life where you weren't everything for Jesus you should have been. Maybe you weren't everything for Jesus you needed to be. Maybe you tried to carry the presence of God in your life your way. Maybe you try to do it your way. But here at Grace Church, we're a place of hope, healing, and restoration. And I believe God's a God of second, third, fourth, hundreds, and thousands of chances. I'm going to read you a scripture that tells you, his mercy endures forever, and everybody say amen. And where I can't do nothing about the past, I have everything to do with the future. And I'm determined to get it right this time. Is that all right? I want to get it right this time. I want to take this opportunity that God has given me And as I retrieve the presence of God back into my life, I'm going to take him and lift him high and exalt him. And everybody is going to know that when I act a fool, I'm a fool for Jesus. And you can call me a buffoon and a moron and a fanatic. You can call me a holy roller and anything else you want to call me. But all I know is that God... has given me a chance to take His presence and lift Him high. And I'm going to take advantage. Somebody clap your hands and shout yeah! Hallelujah! And so, it's hard when the eternity of someone we love and care about is lost in the process of ire. Of our trying to do the ark our way, to try to do the presence of God our way, when our spouse is lost <coughs> over a bad decision we made, or our kids are lost because of negative or hypocritical conduct. As a pastor, I know that there are failures in the wake of my own ministry, there's things that I could have done better. There may be people that are lost because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. and Maybe God wasn't right in my life at the time. But I've decided I can't do anything about the past. But I can do everything about tomorrow. Everybody say amen. So for David, the excitement. Yes, it was getting the ark back to Jerusalem. That's exciting. But where it's really exciting is when you get it right this time. We have to understand that. We have to understand that. We have to understand that. There's folks here this morning. God is rolling the proverbial kingdom of God red carpet out in front of you. You can't let things beset you and get under your skin and get on your nerves. You submit to God's process and you fight with everything you have on the inside of you. And whatever it takes, I'm going to get the presence of God back in my life right this time. There's no mistakes this time. No failure. It's been accomplished. And to David, uh, now that I've not been mistaken this time, and now that I haven't failed this time, and and now that what I've set out to do has been accomplished, now it's time to dance. To feel that burden lifted. To do everything you can to keep that silly grin off your face all the time. To just try not to just shout it out everywhere you go that uh, the presence of god is back in my life this time and I, I might get a little excited. I know somebody here today that when they received the Holy Ghost, they went to work the next day, and the Holy Ghost came on them, and they couldn't stop themselves. They started speaking in tongues at their desk and ran to the men's restroom and just closed the door and had a God session with them in a porcelain sink. It's when the presence about. it's when the presence of God comes back to your life. You do whatever it takes. To get it right this time. To do it right this time. Somebody shout yes. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. God has brought us to a place of getting it right. Another opportunity to put God where he belongs in our life. Where he belongs in our future, in our marriage, in our home, and in our family. You have to understand what David was up against. And I'm hurrying. There's no record of any king ever dancing before in history. Kings don't dance. The aristocrat, the traditional, the namesake, the arrogant breed, if you will, don't dance. They're too good to dance. David was either the first to dance or he was the first one to get it right. Huh? I'm going all the way back to Moses. This whole thing was new with Moses. I don't know if he ever felt like he was doing it right or not. I know there was two sons of of uh, Aaron that tried to offer strange fire and was struck dead, that should have told Moses something. But Moses didn't dance, and you can go right through the, down the line. They didn't dance until David came. But I believe the reason he danced was not because he just got the ark back in Jerusalem, but he danced because he got it right this time. I just can't get past that point. I could preach it for another 30 minutes. He had to dance. He had to because he got it right this time. So history says that kings don't dance. Kings don't dance. But David didn't care about history and what kings did or didn't do. All he knew was that the ark was in Jerusalem and he was successful in getting it there. And he was going to dance. Why dance? Because the presence of the Lord is here. That's why! <clears throat> Boy, right now is when I had a Jason Cooper voice. Or a Jeremy voice. Or a Michelle Stokes voice. Because I just break out into it right now. The presence of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere, the presence of the Lord is here, come on somebody, the presence of the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first, the last, which is, which was, and is to come, the Almighty is here. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You may be seated. Why dance? Well, you can do that, or you can live the rest of your life. BENEATH GOD'S PLAN. 2 Kings chapter 1. Man, I'm trying to hurry. That clock's not a friend at all. 2 Kings chapter chapter 7 verse 1. Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be. And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but you shall not eat thereof. And there were four lepers men at the entering into the gates, and they said one to another, Why, said, we hear till we die. If you can't do nothing else, dance. Why die when you can try instead? Why die over failing at your first attempt at serving God? Why die over sin, divorce, nicotine, immorality, and addiction? Why die over hate and bitterness and betrayal? Michael represents the old kingdom, Saul's kingdom, her daddy's kingdom again. Remember, kings don't dance. Royalty just don't do things like that. Her father never danced. You could call it royalty, but I call it arrogance. I call it snooty. I'm too good for that mentality. She was right. Her father didn't dance. Instead, he threw javelins at people, at good, godly Christian people that was only trying to make him feel better. No, he didn't dance. Instead, he slaughtered some 40 priests that were trying to do what they were supposed to do. He didn't dance, and he didn't teach his kids to dance either. He chose to die instead, killing himself. Saul brought his own kingdom to an end. There's moms and dads here today that are doing the same thing. You just don't want to get on board with God's plan and purpose and will for your life. And you'll die where you sit. Calvin Rigdon preached a sermon years ago, and I've never forgotten it. As a matter of fact, I preached it one time of death in the father's house. And talked about the prodigal son, the youngest son, died right there in his father's house. Had everything he needed. Had everything a man could have ever wanted. But he died on the inside. He died spiritually. The father said, This my son was dead. Saul brought his own kingdom down to an end. He brought it to an end. And if you're not dancing, and I'm talking about being intimate with God, you'll do the same. Back to Michael. I don't believe, Brother Wheeler, that God closed her womb. The Bible didn't say that. She didn't have kids. She did, it wasn't. She didn't have kids not because of what God did. She didn't have kids because she refused to be intimate with David. She refused, spiritually speaking, to be intimate with the anointing, with fervency and power and worship and praise. She refused to dance and died with no future, no hope, and no promise. You can be productive, positive, fulfilled, intimate with God's will and purpose, or you can die unproductive, indifferent, dead. It's your choice. You can choose to live hurt and bitter, or you can choose to live depressed, jealous, hating, grudge-toting, or you can dance. You can dance because one day he found you, or you can die because you don't get your own way. You can dance because he gave you joy, or you can die because you failed to see the necessity of worship and praise and closeness with God. You can dance because there's hope, or you can die because all you see is gloom and doom. Dancing or intimacy removes the pride, the ego, the prestige, the self-power. It, it removes the sin, the greed, the fear. It can give you such freedom that you You can't control yourself. Come on, old king. It's time to dance. It's time to rejoice. The ark is back. You're back. The presence of God is here. And you're here. It may not be in your nature or in your background or in your family. But just because your mama didn't dance and because your daddy didn't dance doesn't mean that you can't dance. Spiritually speaking, we don't have Oprah Winfrey TV show here at Grace Church. What's that other guy's name? I'm trying to think of another guy. I don't know what your stuff. I don't know who they are. Maury? Who is that guy? <laughs> Where you get up and blame everybody and their granny because you're an idiot. It's everybody else's fault. If you're an idiot... It ain't nobody's fault but yours. I'm sorry to tell you that. And if you're tired of being one, now would be a good time to make a New Year's revolution <laughs> and revolt against your pedigree and say, I ain't going to be like my mama. I've heard more than one church person say, My mama taught me what not to be. My daddy taught me what not to be. That's good teaching right there. When it comes to intimacy with God you want the Bible to teach you how to be and what you ought to be not your mom and daddy. So if they didn't do a good job, quit running under the canopy of that excuse and say I'm going to be what God wants me to be. It may not be in your nature or in your background but that don't mean it can't happen. Why dance? But you dance for the purpose of giving praise. You dance because of the glory of His promise. You dance because the removal of your sin. You dance because you're free of guilt. You dance because you're in relationship with God. You dance because you have power of the throne of God. You dance because of the greatness of God. You dance because of the truth of the message. You dance because of the hope of your calling. You dance because of the possibility of heaven. John Newton said, I'm not what I ought to be. I'll tell you what, y'all, I'm not nearly done. Y'all go ahead and stand. We're wearing the red back there on the clock. Y'all go Come on ahead. Y'all get the point. I'm about halfway through, but we'll go ahead. Y'all got spaghetti on your mind. If I can't get you dancing, that will. <laughs> Sister Wheeler's meatballs. Right. But John Newton said, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I wish to be. I'm not even what I hope to be. But by the cross of Christ, I'm not what I used to be. Some of our younger upstarts here will call the song that I'm about to reference kind of hokey and chang chang and C and W and S, G and whatever else you want to put in there. But I liked it when Sister Magruder wrote the song, I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven. Hadn't yet arrived, but on my way. And that's how I feel today. I'm going to be honest with you. My daddy was a good man of God and being demonstrative was not in his nature. He was very quiet, kind of a shy, timid man and outside of a hand clap once in a while that's about as demonstrative as he got and I love him to death but just because he didn't dance doesn't mean I can't. I'm going to tell all you younger folks up here You need to run the aisles once in a while while you can. Trust me. Because there's coming a time when your old beat up body won't let you do it no more. But I'm here today because God has given me a second chance at getting it right. Does Michael welcome me home? No, she does not. She don't like my kind of preaching. She don't like my relationship with God. She may be the king's daughter, but that don't mean anything to me. I don't care who's around. When the presence of God moves on me, I respond to the presence of God. I did it yesterday riding down the highway. I shook and shivered with tears streaming down my face. In the presence of God, I felt encapsulated by Him. I just wanted to run with all of my might. Hallelujah to God. I did it! I did it! I did it! You can call me crazy and a fanatic if you want to but the presence of the Lord is here! The presence of the Lord is here! And we need to worship Him. We need to praise Him. We need to glorify him. God. How you feel this morning? How you feeling? How are you feeling? Does anybody feel like dancing today? Does anybody feel like worshiping today? Come on somebody, let the Lord have his way. Go ahead, Kaylin. Go ahead, girls. Yes. If you want to get you a partner, get you a partner this morning and dance. Hallelujah! Go ahead! Go ahead! It's been a long time! It's been a long time for somebody! Let him have his way! Hallelujah! Get your family together! Get your kids together! Let's rejoice because the presence of the Lord is here. Yes! Go ahead! Go ahead! Let the Lord have his way! Let the Lord have his way! Yes! Where's our kids? Where's our kids? Bring them up here. Teach them to dance. Let them dance. Go. Y'all go. That's right. That's right. Come on.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh yes!
0: We are, we are free! Oh yes! We are free! We are free! We are free! Hello Come on, folks. Come on. We're about to have a Holy Ghost breakthrough here right now. Somebody let the Lord have his way. Come on. Somebody let the Lord have his way. Somebody turn loose what you feel. Somebody turn loose what you feel. Go ahead. Yes! Oh yes! Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, folks. It's Holy Ghost time. It's Holy Ghost time. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! Yes, Lord! In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Okay, so. hallelujah everybody clap your hands one more time to the lord let's praise him